All right, I'm going to preach today on setting up stones to remember what God has done. I'm going to be mainly focused on Joshua 4, but also looking at 1 Samuel chapter 7. And my message is the practice of raising up stones is a powerful one that we should be doing to grow in our faith. So, uh, my outline is, I'm going to first of all talk about the story of the 12 stones in Joshua 4. Then we're going to talk about raising up our own stones and a particular stone that was called Ebenezer. And then I'm going to talk about stones to tear down. And then finally, the greatest stone. That's my outline for today. So let's start then with the story of the 12 stones. Uh, at the end of the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, we read how all the descendants of Jacob, who's also known as Israel, went down into Egypt. And then the next four books, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, tell the story about how they became slaves, they were led out of Egypt by Moses, and they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And then the sixth book, the book of Joshua, tells how they finally came into the promised land. This was going to be terrifying for the new generation. Uh, Forty years ago, when they had gone from Egypt, they were slaves in Egypt, when they'd gone out from Egypt, God did an extraordinary miracle. He parted the sea. He parted the Red Sea and they walked through. But that was 40 years ago. And these people, most of them, hadn't seen that miracle. They they had seen a few things in the wilderness, like being fed supernaturally. But they needed, they were going into this terrifying new experience of uh, the, the, the land with all the people who wanted to kill them. They were going in there and they needed to know that God was for them. So this is setting up how the story goes. So we're going to go then into the story. I'm going to start off in Joshua chapter 3. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. Now to get into the land, they had to cross another river, the river Jordan. They got into the wilderness by crossing the Red Sea, but now there's another river blocking their way. Continuing verse 13, as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Now the Jordan is at full, at, at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerathan, while the water flowing down to the sea of the Araba, the salt sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then we have the story we're going to be interested in. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. 
When the entire nation was on the other side, the Lord told Joshua, select for yourselves 12 men from the people, one per tribe, instruct them, pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests stand firmly and carry them over with you and put them in the place where you camp tonight. The stones will be a reminder to you. When your children ask someday, what are these stones? Why are these stones important to you? Tell them how the water of the Jordan stopped flowing before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the, when it crossed the Jordan, the water of the Jordan stopped flowing. These stones will be a lasting memorial for the Israelites. Now Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken from the Jordan. He told the Israelites, when your children someday ask their fathers, what do these stones represent? Explain to your children, Israel crossed the Jordan River on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you while you crossed over. It was just like when the Lord your God dried up the Red Sea before us while we crossed it. He has done this so all the nations of the earth might recognize the Lord's power and so you might always obey the Lord your God. So this is the story and the main thing I'm concentrating on is the stones that they were to set up having crossed over. Now as I'm thinking about these stones and thinking I would like to put up a picture of these stones so we can imagine it. My first idea was that they would look something like this, you know, piled up in a pile. But I was talking to Anne and she reminded me that the word Gilgal, which is the name of the place where they set them up, was actually, is the Hebrew word for circle. And it was probably named after the circle of stones. It probably wasn't called Gilgal when they got there, but they set the stones up in a circle. And uh, and actually, the evidence is much better that this is how they did it. In fact, um, there's a place where you can find, and this is a photograph, I don't know if you can see them, but there are 12 stones in a circle. And this is actually called, this is a, an archaeological site, and I think it's called the 12 Apostle Stones or something like that. But uh, it's actually in the UK. So what I thought we would do is um, I've got some some stones here and I thought I'd just put them in a circle down here, round here. And um, it can just be a, a visual reminder as I'm going through about what we're doing here. Probably not as big as the ones that Joshua got for um, remembering the crossing, but there you go. So there we have 12 stones and reminding us, and reminding us what God has done for New Life Church in the last 10 years, and what God has done in your life. So actually, I was interested, is, has this been found? Are these still, stones still there? Well, the chance of the actual stones being still there is, is very remote, because they weren't, they weren't that big. I mean, each one was a weight that a single man could carry. So that kind of limits the size to about the size of a soccer ball. Um, so they weren't that big. But it's actually thought that they've discovered the site of Gilgal because when they look at it, it's exactly the right place, um, geographically where it's supposed to be. And there's evidence of a very ancient inhabitation there. And they can tell by looking at the kind of seeds that were planted there that there were seeds that wouldn't have grown naturally. They would have had to be propagated by hand. And there was some kind of a, of a village that was there. And they found 13 circular houses 
in this particular place. So it may or may not be the place, but it does fit in quite well. And the archaeologists have called it Gilgal. Um, so that's, uh, that's some, some, it's interesting to see that. Um, so what I want to suggest to you, and the main purpose of this message here, is that God is giving us a principle in this passage that you need to remember what God has done for you in your life. You need to be remembering what God has done for you. Because it's very important to be able to look back and to see your the stones that you've set up and say, yeah, God did that for me. And God did that for me. And your life should be built on that foundation. This is very important. I'm going to give a few examples of what I've done in my life. And then I'm going to hand out some cards to you all. And you're going to write down some things that are things in your life that have been events that you would like to remember. <clears throat> so here's a, a few stories of what I remember in my life. Um, uh, back in, back in um, when I, I first came to Canada, went back to England again, um, and uh, I was looking for a job, and God provided me uh, almost like, uh, without actually me looking, he provided me with the most amazing job I could I could ever have wanted. I didn't even have an interview. It was I won't. I'll tell you the story afterwards if you like some time. But I I basically went into the university, met some guys, and discovered I'd been given the job of a tenured professor, without like even having an interview. And my what I uh, I keep to remember that a book which was published during the time I was there with, with my name in it. And this is my memory of what God did, and it's on my shelf. And God did this extraordinary thing for me, which really wasn't about my talent, to be honest with you. There were some other things going on. They had to hire somebody. They got a quota. They needed to hire somebody quickly. And it was like, uh, and it was God that did it. But this is my stone of memorial for what God did for me at that particular time. And... Um, uh, then we moved to Canada, and we had all kinds of immigration issues. Anybody here had immigration issues? Uh, all kinds of problems. At one point, it looked like we would actually be gone out of status. We'd actually have to be thrown out of the country. And um, uh, I, I remember um, walking down university. I've told this story before, so I won't go into detail. Walking down... Um, past all the great buildings, the hospitals and so on, down to the, the Canadian immigration and just feeling a sense of God's, God on me saying, God, Andrew, I've called you here. You won't, everything's all right. And I didn't know how it was going to work out, but it was quite extraordinary how it did. And here's my stone of remember, remembering. It's a Canadian passport. <laughs> so God did that for me and I have it. He did it. Supernaturally, it was extraordinary. That's my stone of remembering from that. Um, another thing God did in an extraordinary, amazing way is the house that we're in is the way that God provided for that house um, in in Cabbage Town is was quite remarkable. Just exactly the right time, unbelievable the way it worked out. I actually don't need a physical stone to remember that, because like there's a whole lot of stones there that I can look at. So I'm, I'm, I have a very physical memory of that. Um, uh, one more thing. Um, I, I had the incredible blessing of being able to be, um, 
teaching and working and teaching at a Bible college for 10 years. And the way that came about and the, and the way that God blessed me during that time was amazing. And I keep my, my business card from that, from that time, I keep on my desk just to remember. It's there in front of me all the time. And it's there, it's just it's on a little stand, just to remember God did this. I saw God move in just an extraordinary way and just put things into place that couldn't, that logically didn't make sense. It really didn't, it wasn't any logic that that could have happened, but it did. And so this is my stone of remembering or business card of remembering for that particular event. So I'm going to be challenging you later when you've got some things written down as your things to remember. I'm going to challenge you during this coming week to find something physical, something tangible that you can keep, whether you put it up on a board or you have it somewhere, something tangible to remember what God has done. Another place where we have something tangible, and quite a few places in the scripture, but there's another place, was um, during the time that Samuel was leading God's people, a little later than Joshua. And their their main enemy they have is the Philistines, and they're having constant problems from them. Samuel said to all the people of Israel, if you are really turning to the Lord with all your hearts, remove from among you the foreign gods and the images of Ashtoreth. Give your hearts to the Lord and serve only him. Then he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and the images of Ashtoreth. They served only the Lord. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. After they dissembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day, and they confessed there, We have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel led the people of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, keep crying out to the Lord our God so he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. These are very, very violent, uh, a very violent army that would quite happily kill them all, coming down on them and they just don't have the defenses. Samuel cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering burnt offerings, the Philistines approached to do battle with Israel. But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. He caused them to panic and they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel left Mizpah and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to an area below beth Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, which means stone of help, saying, up to here, the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were defeated. They did not invade Israel again. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. So he he set this stone up as like a physical marker so they would see the stone. They say, wow, that was the day that God, like, scared, panicked the Philistines by sending such such frightening thunder and lightning against them that they just scattered. God did that for us. And they can look at that stone and remember what God had did. So um, uh, just a few more personal stories. Um, when um, I felt God leading me into to, uh, 
just before we planted the church here, leading me into a new direction in my life. And I didn't, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. I just felt I should resign the job I had. And um, the first day that I didn't have a job, uh, that, that I was kind of, in theory, beginning to searching for a job, I got a call saying, um, Andrew, uh, would you like a job? Telling me what the job was, and it was a perfect job because it was a it was a contract, so I could spend time with church work as I needed to. And uh, this job that that I was given uh, was training, and it was as I and I was developing my skills in speaking. It was a perfect job which I did for for many years. And they gave me a binder, and this is my physical memory of the the job. This this binder, which is a tangible memory, and I can look at that and say, "Wow, God answered that prayer." Um, and uh, there, uh, but there are some amazing stories uh, about God providing people to come and live in our basement. We rent our basement out, and uh, God has always provided someone to live there. And just uh, 18 months ago, um, no, two years ago, um, we were at our church prayer meeting. We were actually up, up, we met upstairs then in the room there. And as we were finishing the prayer meeting, I got a text message from the, the people that were currently in our basement saying, um, oh, we're going to have to move out because there's somewhere else we're moving to. We're just giving, this is our notice. Um, we're moving out from a month's time. So I said, okay, please would everybody pray and God will provide somebody new. So we prayed. So that was like 9.30 in the evening. <clears throat> Bye. 11.30, I had a new person to move into the basement that had contacted me on the internet, was a Christian, came to New Life Church, and gave me this, which is my memory of God providing somebody for our basement. So water bottles are a great way of remembering something because you use them all the time. So this is my stone of remembering that God provides for us and has always done so for people to live in our basement. Um, uh, also, um, God has provided many ways for us as a church. The way he's gone through different uh, different um, stages as a church. And um, there, there are many different things that he's done. And uh, partly through buildings. So this particular building that we're in now, St. Joseph's, was actually quite extraordinary how we got here because we weren't very happy about the building we were in uh, because the gym where we met had a steel roof and everything was so echoey that it, you couldn't really worship well. It was just a, a mass of echoes. And uh, one one um, Friday evening, I decided I was going to, to open Google Maps and just move around and just pray where God would have us move. Now, I didn't know, but a group of people in the church had decided to gather together and pray that evening about a place to move. I didn't know that. I knew that some people were gathering to pray, but I didn't know that's what they were going to pray about. As they were doing that, I found this place on Google Maps, and I thought, what's this? This is interesting. Found out what it was, discovered it was available for rent, discovered that nobody was actually renting it. I could look at the rental website. I was so excited. The problem was this was a Friday, and I couldn't actually visit actually find out until Monday. So, but I was just, I just felt it was such a, a, an amazing thing God had did that I knew he was in it. So that was one of the things that he's done. But um, um, probably more important than, than the physical stones uh, are the spiritual stones. The stones that God has brought 
in to New Life Church, the people that as God has connected with us. Because all of you are actually stones. The Bible tells us that we're a house and we're all stones. And we have people that have been here from the beginning, like Bill. We've got people that have come been coming a long time like Bumun Hre. We've got people who joined us along the way um, uh, that, that have uh, um, come at just at different times, sometimes more recently like Jitin, um, sometimes uh, longer ago like Mark, and God has just brought them. Ruth, Sajet, the others, God has just brought them, and sometimes they've got stories of how they got here. And but we, but God has has provided the people we needed at the right time as we built this house together. And I thought I would just show you some pictures. This is where we started off St. Martin's School. We had to leave that because we were, we were um, just too small to fit in. But this was we did a, we were too small. Sorry, they were too small. Yes, we ran out of seats. All right, it was a great place to get started. And um, this is, we did a little outreach uh, during Cabochine Festival. And another thing God provided, as we're, um, I'm just going to zoom in on this. There's my son, Luke. And uh, a student from France had just shown up. And I think this is the first time Luke got to talk to her. So she's just next to him. By the way, that's the upside down t-shirt. I'm giving you a good. So Luke's talking to her there. And um, that's the first physical evidence, well, photographic evidence we have. But she's the one who he was with in France, and they're married with three children now. So so this is God providing another stone for our building, which turned out to be very important. Um, we began to worship there. I don't know if that's bright enough to see. Um, that's a, a very young-looking Dan there. <laughs> And uh, I have lots more embarrassing pictures if you want to see them sometime. Uh, and um, and this is our this is our entire congregation, which actually could fit into our living room because sometimes it did. But there we are, and um, uh, that that's who we are at that time. Actually, I think we I think right over on the left is Bill's legs on the right. I don't think we quite caught Bill in that one, but that's who we were at that time. So God um, has. Brought, done some amazing things in terms of spiritual stones and bringing them in. So um, I'd like then to just move back to the outline. I've talked about the, the story of the 12 stones in Joshua 4, raising up our own stones and the story of the stone called Ebenezer. And I'd like just Anne to ha- Anne's help us to hand out the um, the cards right now and the pens. If you don't have a pen, um, they've, they have them for you. And take a card, please, um, and I'll tell you in a minute what to do with it. But um, while they're handing them out, I'm going to tell you about the third point, stones to tear down. Stones to tear down. So I was, I was just doing some Googling to see if people had got some interesting ideas or pictures on this idea of stones in remembering. And I found a very interesting blog article on Gospel Coalition website um, about a guy telling about his his the way this story impacted on him. So he decided that he was actually going to visit all the places where God had done something in his life and actually leave a rock there. And then when he got married later on and he was uh, and he had kids, he was going to take his kids around to literally show them where these rocks were. But then he imagined his kids saying, well, Dad, why didn't you just take a picture of the rocks and show us that? But So I don't know if he actually did, but the important point is, and the whole theme of this is, as he started thinking back in his life about 
the kindest thing that he wanted to remember, he realized his life was cluttered up with the wrong kind of stone. I'm going to quote what he said. Um, Honestly, when times get difficult, instead of going back to all those stones where I can recall and rejoice in God's work in my life, I go to the stones where I've experienced painful rejection and loss and utter discouragement and abandonment. I go to those stones out of bitterness, a lack of forgiveness, anger and self-pity. These places are real and they're places to pass through, but they're not places I should stop at. What do you think about that? Does that resonate with you? Are there things that you think back on and you think, you know, that was a bad experience? And I think it's important to acknowledge this. Acknowledge there are things in your life which are not good. They've happened and they're not good. And just to, to not to raise up a stone at that point, to acknowledge it and to pray over it, to release it, to give it to God and to say, this is not going to define my life. This rejection that I had, this abandonment that I had, this failure that I had is not me. I'm going to be defined by the things that God has done in my life. So we're not going to write these things down, okay? But we are going to pray over them at the end. Um, so... So, um, just still be thinking about what to write down, but I'm going to give you time in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to talk about the greatest stone. The greatest stone. And of course, Jesus is called the cornerstone of the building. He's the rock on which we build our lives. And he said to us, he gave us something tangible, not as a stone, but physical, to remember him by. Do you remember what it was? Well, let's hope you do, because I preached on it recently, yeah? It was breaking bread, that's right. So he said, he took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke on it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So it's the same idea, something that physical that we have, that's tangible, that we connect to something that we want to Remember something we want to remember, and um, uh, I remember. I remember back um, in um, um, many many years ago. In fact, it would have been 1972, in June the sixth, and I was I was praying, and I was. Just, I was really kind of desperate about my life and I was praying to God and I was suddenly overwhelmed by the fact that God would offer me salvation so freely. And suddenly kind of, I saw the beauty of salvation. You mean I could have this for, for free? That he would love me forever and I didn't have to perform anything and all I had to do was to give myself to him. And I remember waking up the next morning and with this tiny flame of fire in me that I'd never seen before, this hope. Yeah, God has me. And this is going to be very moving for me to say this, but I have here, I have the Bible that I was reading that night. I have the Bible that I was reading when I felt God's love just so overwhelming and I gave my life to him. And this is my stone of remembering of what Jesus did for me on June the 6th. 
1972. Now, some people can't remember the day, and that's fine. Some people, you know, don't know exactly when it was, because, you know, there's a journey of coming to Christ. But I just thank God that he did this for me, and he is my rock, and this is my physical reminder of him. One more I have for you, and um, I have uh, a list of your names. This is actually a list from back in uh, 2000. Uh, 13 of your names and this and I and I pray for you and this is my like memory of you physically listed out as the people that are on my heart so now it's your turn take your piece of paper and I want you to try and write up to three don't do more than three because I want this to turn into a list doing one is fine but write something down where God has been faithful to you. God has answered your prayer. God has been there for you. It may not be spectacular. It may not be like some amazing lightning bolt from heaven answer to prayer, like it was with the Israelites in 1 Samuel 7, or you know, parting the river Jordan for you. It may be something as simple as you're in a difficult situation and God brought you out of it. And so I want you to write down at least one, and I want you to, and and up to three, and uh, I'm just going to give you a moment now to write these down. It doesn't matter if you don't complete them now, because I'm sure you can think of something more. So my the next thing I'd like you to do is I'd like you this week to get some physical object to remember at least one of the things. Find some object um, and that you want to have to remember this, a physical object. And ideally, I'd like to keep it in a place where you'd see it. Something that's there when you see it. And I promise you that this will be a blessing to you. I promise you it will be because God has commanded that we do this. God has said that we do this. Now, he hasn't literally said that all of you have to write something on a bit of card, but he's given us as a principle that we should do this, that we should remember the things that God has done for us. And I promise you that if you do this, it will be a strength to you. It will be a blessing to you. It will be an encouragement to you. So I'm going to close now. And as we close, I'm going to pray that we can give the bad memories to God. We acknowledge they happened, but we can give them to God, and he can take them from us. And they won't define us. And then I'm going to pray for whatever you have on your card, that it will be an encouragement to you that takes you forward into the battle, into the into your life in the future, because you know that God has been faithful to you and will continue to be faithful to you. So let's pray now, shall we? Father, we thank you that you're a God who is faithful. And Lord, we bring to mind the times when we have had a sense of loss, where we felt we've been abandoned or failed or something terrible has happened. And we cry to you, Lord, that you would take that, you will lift that off us, that we can give it to you, we can trust it to you, and not allow it to define us. And Lord, I want to pray for each person here, that you'll do that for them. But right now, you'll lift that off them. You'll give them peace. Give them clarity so they can see 
the stones of remembering the good things you've done. Lord, I pray for each one of us now that you'll help us to follow your instruction and to raise up memories of what you do and celebrate that you are the God who is faithful and who hears us. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in this church for the last 10 years. We thank you for all the spiritual stones that have been here and have gone out all over the world. We thank you for the ones that are here right now and the ones you're going to be doing in the future. Lord, we pray that you'll bless New Life Church for decades to come. And we pray that that you will use us to do amazing things for your kingdom that will be a light to this city and to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.